I always find this time of the year to be all about getting back to normal. With the hustle and bustle of the holiday season behind us, it's a time of the year for us to settle back into our normal rhythms and routines. And with that, sometimes there are unexpected surprises, revelations about how much the waistband on my pants seems to have shrunk. And I always find solace in the fact that the church, too, uses this time between Christmas and Lent to get back into her rhythms, also providing for us a season of revelations. We start off with the Feast of the Epiphany, which tells the story of the Magi coming to pay homage to a child, revealing to us that Christ, our King, is among us. Then we hear the story of Christ's baptism in which it is announced, you are my beloved. And indeed, Christ is God's beloved. But what is revealed to us in that moment is that Christ stands in those waters vicariously on our behalf so that in those moments of stillness, we might hear those words too. You are my beloved. But today we hear two seemingly disjointed stories, Christ's first sermon entitled Repent and Believe, and then the calling of the first apostles, including our very own St. James, who immediately responded yes when Christ said, follow me. But what is revealed to us in this gospel this morning is how completely inseparable these two stories are in the life of Christians. But first, a rant on those two words, repent and believe. These words should sound familiar because we use these words as we examine candidates for holy baptism. We ask the threefold question, do you believe in God the Father, in Jesus Christ the Son of God, and in God the Holy Spirit? Then we quickly go on to ask, will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? Or more succinctly, will you repent and will you believe? I fear that because of the connotations these words have taken on, when we ask, will you repent and believe, that it really sounds like we're asking Will you grovel before God when you mess up? And will you suspend your intellect and reason and just take this God stuff as fact? But this is not what we're asking people to do at baptism. And the original Greek words tell us that. Will you repent and will you believe might be better translated as Will you have a change of heart? And do you promise to get to know God? Do you promise to learn to trust God? That was Christ's first sermon. Not a shallow repent and believe, but a powerful message that strikes at the core of our hearts. Change the purpose of your life and know about and trust in the good news of God's love. Purpose, providence, forgiveness, and love. 
all things for which we deeply yearn. Follow me, Christ says, and I will show them to you. Well, with such an enticing promise, it's no surprise that people were immediately dropping their nets, hopping off their boats, and becoming disciples of Christ. But little did they know that in this call to infuse purpose into what we do and know and to share the experience of God's love, it was actually all a veil called to ministry, that they would go on to be known as the apostles. As baptized people, or as people dying to be baptized on March 17th by our presiding bishop, we are each called to ministry no matter who we are. Bishops and barbers, deacons and dietitians, priests and paralegals. But what infuses and separates these things as ministries from mere professions is that repentance that change of heart, why and how we do the things which we do. Are we lawyers because we enjoy the bill rate? Or are we lawyers because we strive for justice? Are we teachers to simply pass on knowledge and give out grades? Or are we teachers because we see the potential in each pupil and want to unlock it to the fullest? Are we priests to merely preach and administer the sacraments? Or are we priests to shepherd the hearts and souls of all we meet to the radical love and boundless forgiveness of God? That is our baptismal call to repentance, to live out our callings with a change of heart, taking what we do and who we are and infusing it with the love of Christ when we forget this change of purpose into which we are baptized, we all know bad things happen. And we must repent, we must remember that change of purpose which we vowed at baptism. Remembering why we were called into our ministries and how we are to imbue all we do with the knowledge and love of God. Repentance and belief that change of heart and knowing the good news, they are so intertwined. For if we are to invite Christ to be commingled in all we do, we must get to know Christ and how he lived. As one thumbs through the Gospels, we see Christ healing, forgiving, instilling hope, and feeding both stomachs and souls. To hear this good news of Christ is to be a mere observer of these behaviors, but to know Christ, to trust in Christ, to be called by name to this sort of life is to be Christ in whatever ministries we exercise in life, bringing that healing, forgiving, hoping and nourishing into the daily tasks of our ministries and to the people which we serve. This is why we ask if we repent and we believe during baptisms. Because baptism is the linking of purpose to the knowledge of this love, the unity of intentions with actions.
that unity that is so perfectly revealed to us in the person of Christ whom we are called to follow. When talking about the soup kitchen, Margaret Ecker often says, I don't even know if we should call it a soup kitchen anymore. Feeding people has become such a tiny part of what we do. Sharing the love of Christ is what we do. We just also happen to give out food. When tasks take the back seat to love, that sounds like ministry to me.